Bonnie and Friends. Bonnie Simon. Jacaranda FM. An older player. Um, and within the space of a couple of minutes, I'd made a very bad mistake. And the, that older player came back and pat, patted me on the back and said, you know, in a very sarcastic turn, tone, you know, hard luck, son, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> I think, uh, you know, other than that, off the field, there were there were many moments. Uh, uh, I think my most embarrassing moment was myself and my wife. You know, she's got a very mischievous um, side to her and... We were at uh, a very posh do um, after the semi-final of the World Cup in Durban. I think it was Holland, Spain. So we were we had been invited to to the the suite. Uh, the King of Spain was there, sort of uh, Sepp Blatter, blah blah blah. And um, afterwards, uh, a South African politician arrived, and um, I asked my wife, "Who was that? Or who is that?" And um, she said. With a hell of a lot of confidence, that's uh, Gwede Mantashe. So eventually he came over and uh, bold as hell, I said, how are you, Mr. Mantashe? <laughs> and I just saw his eyebrows just raise a little bit and go down again. And we carried on talking and he quickly made his getaway. And um, my wife started laughing. And I swear to you, it was one of the the few times that I would have actually thrown her over the balcony <laughs> or thrown myself more like it because I knew that uh, it wasn't him mm. and it actually turned out to be Bladen's a Monday. Oh. And um, I, those are the, the scenarios where I actually lie awake at night uh, by just thinking about and it's, yeah, it's a horrible feeling. <laughs> you can always make up again, you know, when you no, meet you again. Can't. <laughs> Sorry. No, you can never take that Sorry. back. I oh, know. Oi. <laughs> That's a that's a sad one, but don't worry about it. It happens to everybody, you know. Sooner or later, it'll happen to, to to everybody. So, um, Bafana, Bafana, the uh, the call up, your first game. Did, uh, who did you play for at that stage before you played for Bafana? <coughs> no, I uh, was at Cape Town Spurs still, and um, Trot Moloto was the coach at uh, Bafana, and he gave me my first uh, call up on your phone. Did he phone you? No, or was um, it a whole you, thing you, through the club? You normally hear it in the in the press, in the newspapers, oh, okay. and um, you kind of you you you're playing well, um, and you kind of get an idea that people are watching you because you'll see him in the stadium, uh, and people will let you know that look, you know, Trotmoloto has come to check you out. Um, so you're on a you're on a good wicket, uh, so to speak, and 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 shortly after that, I did get a call up, um, which I was very pleased about. Obviously, to play for your your country is like the pinnacle of your your career, mm. um, so I think it was in ninety eight or ninety nine. I played against uh, Botswana in Gaborone, and uh, that was my first time that I put on the, the the green and gold. What was your number fourteen then? Huh? What what was the number when you first played? Yeah, I think the one that I got was some arbitrary number. I don't you know when you're a youngster you don't get you to don't care. Sort of pull your weight you know <laughs> and you don't get to choose pick and choose your number. Um, later on uh, during the the World Cup and Confederations Cup, it was fourteen. Uh, but I think at that stage they could have given me number five, which was like <laughs> a typical defender's number. You know? yeah. <laughs> so uh, that first game you played, did you guys win? Yeah, we won. Um, I think we beat them one nil, um, and uh, it was very much a second string sort of Bafana Bafana team. They never they they didn't uh, call up the the foreign base players, uh, but be that as may, you know, it was still it was still great to play and, mm. and get a victory on my on my debut. And how do you feel about uh, the press and uh, you know the, the whole country behind the Bafana 
and then you know you, you lose three or four in a row, and then people lose interest, and they support Kaiser Chiefs and uh, Pirates more than they support uh, the Bafana. It's always been like that. But um, how do you handle that? Don't you read the newspapers on a weekend? Don't you care about the press, or does it affect you a lot as a player? I think, you know, when I was young, I used to take things very personally, especially when I was on social media. You know, I used to always worry about people's perceptions of me. Uh, but I think the older you, you get, um, the thicker your, your, your skin. And, um, it, it, and now I, I very rarely read, um, sports reports or, or analysts. I think, um, my view is that should a, a Lucas Kadebe or a Neil Tovey, or uh, uh, John Mushweo come up to me and say, "Hey, look, this is what I think you should have done." Or I would, I would take that you mm-hmm. know, and 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 cherish it as constructive criticism. But if some guy who's never kicked a ball in anger before uh, writing for so and so or whoever uh, writes an analysis, uh, critical analysis about me, it's really. You know, it doesn't have much impact on me. The bad publicity you had. What I don't think you've ever had bad publicity, have you? Um, no, not in my private life, as far as I can tell. Uh, but from a football perspective, you know, leading up to the World Cup, um, you know, the stakes were high. Mm. Um, I think there were a lot of shenanigans behind the scenes, and you know, whether or not journalists were part of that or not, you'll never know. But um, you can assume that there was, you know, obviously people have their favorites. Um, so people were definitely pushing agendas, uh, but it was something that I never really took notice of. Mm. I think uh, my wife, if if anybody took a, took a great uh, offense to one or two journalists and uh, they received some, some <laughs> letters from her, <laughs> yeah. uh, she's always been very protective and um, which has been great uh, for me. So uh, I, it was like water off a duck's back to me. Um, but it was just interesting, you know, leading up to the greatest sporting event in, in the world right here on our doorstep, how the stakes were suddenly elevated, you know. Mm. And you sat on the bench, what, three, you didn't even, you, did you play, you touch no, a ball. No. Uh, you know, I'm sitting here right now and I have to bring it up because I don't know how I would have handled something like that. There you are, you can't, and you're sitting there as a substitute. If they brought you on, you would have won all the games. But uh, they, the well, coach made you. a mistake. You're just being polite. How do you feel today, you know, uh, not touching a ball while... Uh, Shabalala, hey, we scored that yeah. the first goal in the World Cup. Uh, how did you feel sitting on the bench? You were on the bench, right? Yes. And you saw that goal. I mean, uh, but once again, you are a sub, but you are a team. The team comes first, yeah. right? Doesn't I, matter in which position or. I, I could have been on the field with him. Mm. I would have had the same reaction, you know, uh, as I did on the bench. We, it was just pure ecstasy. Uh, I don't think anybody could um, understand the the whole build up. I mean, that build up took place for us as players six months beforehand. We were in Brazil for a month. We were in Germany for a month camping. Um, in South Africa, again, for a month and a half camping. Uh, we were just eating, sleeping, living football, preparing for this tournament. Um, the 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 nerves involved as well, not knowing whether you're going to make the final squad, yeah. also took a, a big toll. So that all culminated in that particular goal. And, and it just the outpouring of emotion, I mean, the warm up to that game, we had some some real tough uh, guys in that team, you know, who who were shedding a tear in that warm up leading up to the game, uh, just t- soaking in the atmosphere, and um, that was in itself uh, quite incredible, you know. And 
um the goal was just an, an mm. explosion you know outpouring of of emotion like i said uh but it was it was tough it was it's something that i'm going to regret um until my dying days that i never uh, was able to to play but also the important role you played i mean uh the build up as you say on the bus driving there uh during the practice sessions i mean anybody could have got hurt you were there mm. and uh it, it wasn't your time, you know, it was one of those things, but if it wasn't for, I mean, all the subsidying there, how many of you never got a game? I mean, a couple of... Yeah, there were a good couple know. of us. Um, I think there were 22, 23 in, in the squad. Um, and yeah, a good couple of us never got a touch, so I wasn't alone. Um, there were some players who got uh, taken out of the squad completely, um, oh. you know, a couple of weeks before the tournament, mm. so... You know, established players like Benny McCarthy uh, never never made it. Um, so, yeah, it was it was tough after all that preparation. Uh, but to be honest with you, I could see it coming six months before when Pereira came. Mm. Uh, Santana under Santana, I played virtually all the games um, and played well. Um, but as soon as Pereira came back for his second stint, I realized that I could be in trouble here because. He hadn't called me up for his when he was here for his first uh, stint, so th- that's the way the cookie crumbles, you mm. know. It's um, coaches have their opinions, and um, I tried my best to to change his mind, uh, but it wasn't to be. Where did we go wrong during the World Cup? Where do you think, if you had to play uh, on that field, um, what would you have changed as a coach? Well, I think we should have had a bit more um, spine. Uh, when we went when we went one 0 up against Mexico, uh, we should have a bit more uh, spine and kind of uh, he should have strengthened perhaps the midfield that were that was covering our back four, uh, just to 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 maintain that that one 0 lead. And I think uh, everybody knows in a tournament of that magnitude that you've got to get off to a good start, you know. And then of course we met the Uruguayans who were at that stage uh, different class. And, um, you know, the red card of Cooney, I don't think would have changed much. The Uruguayans were just too good for us. And uh, we were pretty poor on the day defensively. Um, and I felt we could have done, we could have dealt with uh, Suarez and Forland a bit better. Um, but yeah, it's all very well to, to have said that sitting on the bench. Mm. You know? <laughs> but also sitting on the bench. I mean, that, I, I watch rugby quite often as well. And the, the passion that bench, you know, when, when you score or, you know, just to, to carry you, you can hear it to the bench that so will go up and shake your hand and come on, guys, do it. So I think you, uh, you play an important role as well. And when you get your chance, I mean, you, you played, uh, what, uh, 37 caps and there were other guys on the bench. And how did you feel about uh, them being there? Do they play an, uh, an important role? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's um, you know, there's no time for, for sour grapes, you know. Uh, ultimately, uh, you don't want to suffer from a pull-me-down syndrome. You know, there's no time for jealousy or for whatever. You know, you, you've got to give that support, and uh, ultimately, you've got to put yourself in the right frame of mind because at any stage, you could you could end up uh, getting thrown on. Mm. You know, so it's very difficult for a footballer to switch um, uh, mentality or psychologically. You know, you, you've got to get into the right frame of mind, and that's by doing that, you've got to be encouraging, uh, especially for some of the young players who were going on to this amazing stage uh, you had to show a strength and being one of the senior players so uh, that was that was up to me the motivation before you had to run out there and you know, the build up did you have uh, a lot of people uh, motor you did you have um, psychiatrists psychologists doctors nurses <laughs> 
Sorry, I'm just because I mean we don't know what happens. I mean, just to get your you know your your mind right and whatever, a coach can't do that, right? On the field, a coach can help you, but mentally, uh, do you still remember the people that helped you guys? Yeah, look, I think um, you know the World Cup on your doorstep um, in your lifetime. Uh, you 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 don't need a psychologist or, or even a coach, you know, to motivate you. You you originally you're already motivated. Uh, I think they did get us. Um, uh, a guy called Robin Banks, who I'm sure a lot of people uh, will know, he came and did a, a few sessions with us, and he was, he was, you know, Robin Banks. I mean, he's he's well known in the industry. Um, he had a difficult task in in kind of keeping a balance between us not getting too hyped up and uh, you know getting too blasé about the whole event. You know, mm-hmm. so um, you know, football has never been historically. Uh, too much into dietitians and psychologists and that. I think it is there is an aspect uh, there for for them to play, but um, I think as an industry uh, we've still got to catch up in that in that regard. But like I said, I mean it's uh, we were getting off that bus uh, before the Mexico game. We were singing and dancing and we were just going, you know, getting nice and warm in the change room and the atmosphere was was unbelievable and. Running out onto that field in front of ninety odd thousand people, World Cup opening game. I mean, <laughs> you can't. Uh, mm. it's just the words cannot. I can't describe the feeling. And, and you're standing there and singing the national anthem. Uh, did you shed a tear? Did, what did you think of while that anthem was playing? What flashed through you? all the hard work you've done? Maybe f- your family. Uh, the tears. I don't remember actually crying, but the, the I definitely welled up. Um, I, I mean, it's. I think most grown men would have done the same, and a couple of the lads uh, were in tears uh, during during the warm up. Like I said before, and uh, it was it was hell of emotional uh, singing your national anthem at a, at a stage on a stage like that. Uh, you you can't blame us. Yeah. In the middle of the calabash, and then. Uh, remember, all over the world, in every single house, wherever there's a TV, your face is there. Uh, it's an amazing thing. People just don't understand. But it's, uh, do you still speak to uh, Moriri and all the guys you played with? Uh, do you still socialize a lot uh, today after, you know, since 2010? Uh, do you still get together with the guys and socialize and chat and about uh, the World Cup? Um, no, not particularly. I've lost touch with most of the um the guys since I've retired, most of the guys who who played in that World Cup, I've lost touch with. But um, I've kept in touch with guys who live in my area, and uh, I still keep in contact. You know, uh, I go and watch a lot of games, uh, but socializing, I not not necessarily. You know, uh, the I have my own small circle of friends who are not uh, who are not in the football industry, and I think that's the way I like to to keep it. But certainly, I'll keep in touch. Uh, with a couple of close mates that I that I that I have from my uh, early football. Barney and friends. Barney Simon. Jackaranda FM.